Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Do the Bengals have a chance against the number one seed in the AFC? Will the Bills and Chiefs game live up to the hype? Plus, how do the Rams stand up to the former champs? Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Cincinnati Bengals come into the divisional round to face off against the AFC's number one seed, Tennessee Titans, who are three and a half point favorites in this game. They may be getting the services of one Derek Henry might have heard of him joining me now from locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko and Jake, the Cincinnati Bengals are coming off a, a win over the Las Vegas Raiders, not without some controversy of its own, but this is a Bengals team led by Joe Burrow, Jamar chase and a resurgent defense. So what are they going to need to do to spring an upset this weekend? I think that it kind of comes down to Joe Burrow, like the entire game comes down to Joe Burrow. Yeah. If you think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, and I think most people probably think he's a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, Mm -hmm. and you believe that the better quarterback wins in the playoffs, that case kind of makes itself. It's obviously a lot more complicated than that. Tennessee brings a very complicated pass rush. They use a lot of twists, a lot of stunts. They have a solid secondary, very well-coached defense. Mike Vrabel has those guys playing well. They're very, very variable in terms of what they like to do. So Joe Burrow's ability to diagnose the offensive line's ability to not let too many free rushers come up the A and B gaps, that's going to be big. And you mentioned Derrick Henry going to be back on the other side of the ball. So to me on the defensive side, it's a bend, don't break game and, and do enough that Joe Burrow has a chance to do his thing because he's been playing as well as anybody on the planet in the last six games he's played, seven games he's played. One thing that could impede Joe Burrow is, as you mentioned, that pass rush with guys like Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons up the middle. He may not be running free through the A and B gap, but he could be beating blockers and getting into Joe Burrow's face. And the Bengals, of all the teams in in the playoffs currently, probably have the weakest offensive line. Joe Burrow has made it not matter for most of this season and most of last season, how concerned are you that that is going to be the reason that the Bengals can't pull off the upset? Well, it's probably a source of concern or one of the biggest sources of concern, but the Bengals have gone through the gauntlet of pass rushes and Joe Burrow, to your point, has made it kind of insignificant. Like he will take (laughs) hits, but he's been so good in the pocket, so good evading pressure, so good getting pressure, getting out of the pocket, then making a play it hasn't necessarily been the biggest impact, but they've faced both Bosa's. They faced TJ Watt. They faced Miles Garrett twice, although Joe Burrow didn't play in the second game. And, you know, they weren't necessarily Burrow's best games, but he's been able to survive. Max Crosby against the Raiders twice is, is another one. And people all week before that game were saying, oh, Max Crosby versus Isaiah Prince. Uh, Max Crosby versus a back, backup right tackle. Max Crosby's going to wreck the game. And Max Crosby made his impact 
but Joe Burrow's playing at, at a really high level right now. So that that's what it comes down to for me is, is how well does Joe Burrow handle it? Obviously free rushers in the a gap are a problem for any quarterback. And I think would be for Burrow too. But when you say that the Bengals might have the worst offensive line out of the remaining playoff teams, I would also say that Tennessee's offensive line and pass blocking is just as bad, just as bad in terms of productivity, in terms of, individual players and they haven't really faced a gauntlet themselves. So on the other side of the ball, while we're talking about the Tennessee pass rush, which is formidable and deserves to be discussed, Trey Hendrickson is a full go for the Bengals. He's going to play and the Bengals defensive line can make some noise themselves. So we'll see if the game script dictates such that the Titans have to actually hold up in pass protection. I think that's a big factor as well. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, will the Bills and Chiefs game live up to the hype? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. On Saturday night, the Packers take on the 49ers in a rematch of the 2019 season NFC Championship game. The 49ers won that game going away. This is the opportunity for the Packers to get a measure of revenge. And it is fitting for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in a potential last dance situation to be facing the 49ers, the team that beat them in the NFC Championship game two years ago, only to have the potential right to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should they beat the LA Rams on Sunday, the team that beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game just a year ago. I think the Packers win this game. I think it will be close, but the Packers get it done and they advance to the NFC title game. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott has been fined $25,000 by the league for his postgame comments related to the game officials following Sunday's loss to the San Francisco 49ers, a source told ESPN on Thursday. A postgame question to Prescott on Sunday initially indicated the fans were throwing things at his teammates in anger as they walked off the field following the wild card game loss, which he called sad. However, when he was told the objects were actually directed at the officials, he said, credit to them then, credit to them. Turns out, credit not to Dak, at least according to the league. The Dallas Mavericks have won 10 of their last 11 and were chasing the leaders in the West. Well until they ran into the Suns. The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Phoenix Suns in a close contested game. Nick Engstead for the Locked On Mavericks podcast here at American Airlines Center after the Dallas Mavericks lost to the Phoenix Suns 109 to 101. And this one just came down to the fourth quarter. Luka Doncic was hurting. His shoulder and neck were wrapped up. Jason Kidd didn't give an an update on that, but just saying that that Luka was playing hurt. Kristaps Porzingis has been on a minutes restriction of about 30 minutes since he's been returned from COVID and an injury himself, and the Mavericks just basically ran out of gas. They were on a second night of a back-to-back in this one and gave the Phoenix Suns everything they had for the first three quarters, but this Suns team is incredible in the fourth quarter. They just were able to get anything they want in the fourth quarter, and the Mavericks offense completely stalled. A lot of mistakes, though. The Mavericks finished this game with uh, with 19 turnovers. The Mavericks usually lead the league or are top one, two in the league with about 12 turnovers per game. The Phoenix Suns scored 31 points off of those turnovers. So a lot of things that Mavs can fix. We'll talk about it all and break it all down on tonight's Lockdown Mavs. The Major League Baseball Players Association plans to make an in-person labor proposal to the league on Monday, countering Major League Baseball's offer last week that did little to loosen the gridlock 
that has gripped the sport after the league locked out the players December 2nd. The gap between the players and the league remains significant, with the union seeking major financial gains in a number of areas and owners trying to hold firm with what they currently pay in salaries. Other issues players have said remain a priority include anti-tanking measures and fixing service time manipulation. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. As the second round of the NFL playoffs gets kicked off, we have the Packers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. That game has come down. It's now the Packers giving five and a half. It was six just a day or so ago. The Tennessee Titans got to sit back and watch Wild Card Weekend. Now they face the Cincinnati Bengals with Joey Burrow, ice water in his veins. The betonline.ag line for this game. Tennessee giving three and a half. And the two teams that each had major blowouts on wildcard weekend, the Bills and the Chiefs face off in KC. The betonline.ag line for this game is KC giving one and a half. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget, use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills were both impressive during wildcard weekend in the NFL playoffs. What gives as they face each other this weekend? Our NFL insider, Isaiah Stanback, joined our Kanani Stevens to discuss. The Chiefs, they go back and forth, but when playoffs come around, they always seem to, you know, turn it up a notch. The Bills, on the other hand, notoriously not that great in the postseason. I mean, we don't want to get, take it too far back, but they do have some problems when it comes to these do-or-die playoff games. So what are they What are they going to have to do to go into Kansas City and get a win? They're going to have to shut down this explosive offense, and I, I'm not sure how you do it. I don't think that anybody necessarily has um, in, this, in these last few years with Kansas City. When they're playing their best ball, they're completely – a terror on this league. If you look at some of their best weapons that they have, they have guys like obviously Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, <clears throat> C, <clears throat> excuse me, CEH, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, uh, Hardman, Pringle. I mean, these guys are literally loaded and they do a great job of being me doing a great job of getting these, these guys the ball in their hands at the line of scrimmage. So you hear so much about their ability to push the ball down the field and Patrick Mahomes' arm strength and Tyreek Hill's speed. But a lot of their plays really come in the form of screen plays and quick little passes, and it really makes things hard for, for a defense to be able to defend. When you go back to the game last year in the AFC Championship game, I mean, Tyreek Hill went 9 for 172. Oh, my goodness. Josh Allen was forced to go ahead and start airing the ball out. He had to, force, he had to throw the ball 48 times simply because the Kansas City Chiefs got up on these guys pretty early. So that's something that Buffalo is going to have to try to prevent, not allow the Kansas City Chiefs to get ahead early. But, again, how do you stop that explosive offense? I mean, the, the Bills do hang their hat on their defense. They're, they they were able yeah. to beat the Chiefs earlier this season in Kansas City. So in your eyes, is it really just about the Chiefs kind of playing their own game and not making mistakes if they want to get a win? I think so. I think obviously they have to be smart with the ball. Um, again, they want they want obviously some redemption from earlier in the season because this they are a, a completely different team and much better off than they were then. They have a lot more continuity on that offensive line. But to your point, you know Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator for the for the Buffalo Bills, has these guys playing. This is the number one ranked defense with the with the least amount of points allowed per game. So these guys know how to play defense as well. You don't hear a lot about their prime time players 
but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're captain of their team. Jordan Poyer, he did a great job of rallying, rallying these guys up. He gets a lot of turnovers. These guys get a lot of pressure up front. And again, they hold their team, their opponents down to a, you know, a lesser point uh, average most of the time. So uh, if they can continue that against the Chiefs, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, Leslie Frazier has these guys playing high and with a lot of confidence right now. Isaiah, I will give you some credit. I know when we were talking about the Chiefs earlier in the season, we were always saying, you know, are they over? What's wrong with Mahomes? Like, are they out of it this year? And you always said they were going to come back around. So I'm going to ask you for your pick, <laughs> but I think I know where you might be going with it. Yeah, you know, I honestly think this is going to be a lot closer game than people are, are, are expecting. But I do believe that the experience not only of Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the, the, the high caliber offense that are contributors on this on the side of the ball. I think that these guys have experience. I think that they have confidence. I think they know where they have been before. There's no question mark whether or not they can make it through these big games. This is really just a read. This is really 2022. AFC championship game. It's yeah. just being played, yeah. you know, a couple weeks early. So, you know, I think these guys know exactly who they are. Um, and, and while Buffalo is hoping and trying to assure themselves that they can go out here and take care of business, Kansas City know that they can. So I'm at the ride with Mr. Andy Reid on this one. For more on the NFL playoffs, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Coming up, how do the Rams stand up to the defending champs? Today's episode is brought to you by... Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, maybe you should include a Built Bar in that plan. I got a message the other day from someone who got them for his um, his partner, who is a world-class bodybuilder. She loved them. Loved them. And it's because they taste delicious, but they're also great for you. Protein. High in protein. High in fiber. Low in net carbs. Low in sugar, and you can get them in so many different kinds of flavors. Your sweet tooth is going to thank you, but you get to have all of the delicious taste with the healthy part of it. Imagine that. Check out Built.com to see what's new. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Fresh off a dominating win on Monday Night Football, the LA Rams are set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round of the playoffs. They are three-point underdogs heading into this matchup. It is certainly going to be a fun one when these two teams square off. Joining me now from Locked on Rams, our new host, Travis Rogers, joins me now. And Travis, for the Rams, they, they looked very impressive on Monday night. How much of that game plan do you think is translatable to facing off with Tom Brady and the Bucs? I, I think the biggest thing that you take from Monday night and you hope that translates to, to Sunday afternoon is the pressure that they were able to get on Kyler Murray. Obviously, mm. Kyler Murray and Tom Brady are very different types of quarterbacks, but I think that the, the principles are the same. And that is if you can make the quarterback move before he wants to move, get rid of the ball before he wants to get rid of the ball, uh, it, it's effective. We, the the limited success that anybody has had against Tom Brady has been when they get him to move, when the pocket is a little muddy around his feet, when he has to maybe you know throw on the run a little bit more than he may like to. So 
pretty good recipe for that is Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and Leonard Floyd. So I, I do think that they have the pieces to do that. They were able to do it the first time that they played early in the year. Uh, Donald yeah. had a sack, Floyd had a sack. Um, Kenny Young had one, obviously he's, he's no longer with the team. They, he went the other way uh, before they made the Von Miller acquisition, but yeah, they, they were able to get to him the first time and, and you don't get to sack Tom Brady a lot, but what you can do is move him and make him throw off of schedule. And they were very successful doing that against the, the Cardinals. Um, Murray, obviously much more fleet of foot than Brady, but the, the same idea. So I think if, if they're able to do that on the defensive side, it's a very, very good start for the Rams. This is, in a lot of ways, a legacy game for the L.A. Rams. There are there are a couple figures and an organization with plenty at stake. Matthew Stafford, who gets his first playoff win on Monday night. Sean McVay, who is, you know, the, the beloved son of the NFL, but another sure. playoff exit could have people starting to raise questions. And then, of course, the organization, which has, has had this all-in mentality for the last two-plus seasons. Which of those three has the most most at stake? Or is there another name that you'd want to throw out there? No, I think it is Sean McVay. I, I think Matthew Stafford obviously was kind of looked at as a, a very good player saddled on a bad team in Detroit. And now that he came to Los Angeles, he's a very good player on a very good team. So <laughs> he looked like it, you know, on, on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. He obviously, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of pressure on him. He has had the turnover bug. We've seen that happen, um, especially, you know, not so much against Arizona where he played really clean football. But the previous three games to that, he had eight turnovers in three games. That That's simply not going to work. I think the number is one for him. If he turns it over once, I think he can live with it. I think he still have a pretty good chance to win the game. If it gets much more than that, um, I don't know. But like you said, what the Rams did, they made it very clear at the end of last season that the reason they went as far as they did and the reason that they had to start where they did on the road in Seattle as a wildcard team was because the quarterback wasn't good enough. You know, without saying it quite like that, they made it very clear that that's the, the, their opinion. Um, and they gave up two more first-round draft picks. They haven't had a first-round draft pick since they gave away a couple to go get Jared Goff the first time. So they are all in. They they very clearly have thought that, you know, give me Jalen Ramsey instead of a pick. Give me Matthew Stafford instead of a couple of picks. Um, if it doesn't work, then I don't know how you you go about trying to retool this. Maybe you just run it again and hope that you get a little bit of a better luck, a little bit of a better draw along the way. Um, but Sean McVay made it very clear. If a, a different quarterback were running this thing, I think we can go do everything we can. Well, he's got a different quarterback. We're about to find out. And finally, American Jessica Pagula advanced to the fourth round of the Australian Open for the second consecutive year with a 7-6-6-2 victory on Thursday. After the victory, Pagula wrote on the on-court camera in celebration, Bills, you're next. Pagula's parents, Kim and Terry, own the Buffalo Bills, who play the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday with a spot in the AFC Championship game on the line. Coming up on Monday... And then there were four. Will anyone pull the upset in the NFL this weekend ahead of the conference title games? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.